and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek, and we are going to tackle a subject we've been doing in our Encounter Ministry School of Healing. We just started the quarter on a quarter, meaning a school quarter, of um, on the topic of inner healing. Inner healing. Now, as I was telling the group a couple weeks ago, um, I've been around for a while in environments in which you speak of inner healing. Uh, I remember a long time ago, it used to be called the healing of memories, which is about the same thing. Uh, it can be, it can just be addressed in many ways, right? It has a couple of aspects. One is a healing of the person of emotions of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, wounds that, that have been occurred in the past that's one thing, healing. And then another part is being set free from lies. Like, uh, and so that would be a component of deliverance prayer. And by deliverance prayer, we don't talk, we're not talking about exorcism. Obviously we're talking about, um, asserting our baptismal anointing and authority, uh, over the way that evil sometimes wants to assert itself whenever there's a wound, you know, and that's how we get in trouble because we start believing lies. And then the evil one comes and and blows us up, making us believe other stuff. You know, you know how it is. You know, you just go down the primrose path sort of thing. So those are the two components of, of the whole idea of inner healing. Mary Lou, when you first heard we were going to do inner healing, what came to mind? Were you familiar with the idea? I really am not that familiar with the idea and going through the class and learning about it has been eye opening because, you know, I, healing prayers, praying for someone for healing, that's very familiar to me. But their inner healing is a little different. And um, it's, you know, I didn't know until I was in the encounter course, really, how essential this is for all of us. This is not something that we should shy away from. And um, I know that you taught this class and in the in the notes, I, you know, Pope Benedict the 16th is such a favorite of mine, but, you know, it starts out with a, a quote from his saying, healing is an essential dimension of the apostolic mission and of Christian faith in general. It can even be said that Christianity, Christianity is a therapeutic religion, a religion of healing. When understood at a sufficiently deep level, this expresses the entire content of redemption. Now, there in a nutshell, it tells you how important this is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, Jesus came to heal Amen. and this is, this is an extension of, of what he wants the church to be. Mm-hmm. And it is our identity. It is a religion of healing. Yeah. I mean, else, elsewise, what does it mean to be redeemed? Exactly. You know, yes, we're redeemed from sin and from death, but what does that look like in normal people's lives? Right. You know, people who don't speak church. Right. You know, what does that mean? Yes, it means that if you have a physical ailment, we will pray and God will intervene. But it also means if you have an inner psychological, spiritual ailment, there is healing and freedom there as well. And how often do we use the expression, the walking wounded, you Mm -hmm. know, for various things? Well, Mm -hmm. all of us are the walking wounded. So, you know, this is a therapy for us to become healed. Exactly. And many of us, I think, are held back from from wholeness by these wounds. You know, we have forms of trauma, forms of PTSD, forms of, you know, anxiety, whatever, that manifest themselves um, in many ways 
in a desire to control every circumstance, you know, to to be in charge, to be in control. When, well, yes, it's good to be independent. It's good to be competent, but we need to know when to back off and let the Holy Spirit do his thing, right? And and how to trust the Lord. And so there's many examples that we'll probably be giving um, throughout our conversations on this topic about the importance of inner healing. I like what your quotation of Pope Benedict XVI in uh, Jesus of Nazareth about how healing is not optional. Healing is not optional. Let me say it again. Healing is not optional. God intends healing for all of us. And if we have periods of suffering that are not relieved uh, by him at that point, it means that eventually they will be in his timing. Um, It may not be not now, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to heal because that's the whole content of the of redemption is healing is making us whole. Now, yes, you might ask about redemptive suffering and all that stuff. And yeah, that's true. But y- y- even when you are offering things up, you still go to the doctor if it's a physical ailment and you still go to the therapist. If it is a psychological, you know what I'm saying? You're still seeking healing. So this thing about how you don't seek prayer, you don't seek prayer because you want to offer it up. Now, wait a minute. You know, I mean, God always wants to heal. Again, it's a matter of timing as to when that will occur. Okay. So I think that's a very important presupposition as on from the get-go as, you, as we start this conversation. Plus, God is always offering us more. There's always more. Well, he's not limited as we are. And we have to remember that, you know, nothing is impossible for him. And, um, you know, it. Every day is a is a day of further conversion, deeper conversion. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you go through life living that way, then you're going to draw yourself closer to the Lord, and He will show you what needs mm-hmm. healing. That's the that's the beauty of it. The closer you draw to Him, the more that you can expel from yourself of things that that shouldn't be there. That the the evil one, maybe you know the 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 king of lies keeps putting in our heads. Yeah. And those are real practical applications of what it means to be saved, you know, of what it means to be redeemed. Uh, in class, we talked about the Greek, the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O, which means salvation, but exactly how does it flesh out in the life of the believer? Well, we're saved, of course, you know, we're saved. We know that we're saved from what death, bondage, sin, etc. Right. And we're brought into the kingdom of God. But then we also have the opportunity of reconciliation of physical healing, you know, that's how the gospels are full of Jesus proclaiming and then demonstrating, proclaiming and then demonstrating, proclaiming the gospel and then demonstrating through signs and wonders, right? So the physical healing is always a part, but then there's also that freedom, you know, freedom. What does that mean? Well, that's deliverance and inner healing, you know, there's always more. It's not like, oh, I'm going to heal your knee, but your depression, you're on your own. You know, that's not God. It never is God, right? So redemption is always salvation. It's always salvation. And what's wonderful in the classes is they always go back to Scripture. And they mm-hmm. went back to Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save. Zozu. And with physical healing, they, they um, use Mark 5.34. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Zozu made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And then with freedom, they pointed out Luke 8, 36. Meanwhile, the eyewitnesses reported to them how the demon-possessed man was delivered, Zuzu, 
mm-hmm. you have saved Zuzu, you had made you well Zuzu, and delivered Zuzu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm pronouncing exactly. that right. Well, those are the dim- dimensions of Sozo, exactly. So inner healing and freedom are very key components, right? And they're and- available to us. We have to remember, you know, this is something that is available. And we Most people aren't aware of that. Well, and he makes all things new, you know? So go out the window, go all the excuses of, I don't remember, I'm not that way, I, I'm i too private to share, I'm too wounded, God can I never heal me. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, you know, all that stuff. Because those are components of the freedom that Jesus brings. So that we can be wo- we can be actually um, wounded by past life experiences. And the older you get, the older I get anyway, uh, the more I see that that is absolutely true, right? I mean, we do get uh, wounds and we get painful experiences and we get uh, traumatic experiences and even sometimes the consequences of our own personal sin come to roost, right? right. So, but you know, you know in, the, in the Psalms, he says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's scriptural. We have mm-hmm. to claim that. We have to believe that. That's right. So the inner healing component, and then there's the freedom component, where we are always liberated and freed. Jesus makes us free. For freedom, he has set us free, right? He set us free not to do whatever we want, but to be excellent and to seek him out. And insofar as the evil one uses our wounds and our traumas and our rejections and our you know shame and all that stuff to isolate us and to feed us the lies, we are ineffective servants. And also we're not living pretty nice lives, you know, pretty happy lives. But God came so that to destroy the works of the devil, right? I mean, that's what he did. And his mission was to destroy. And therefore his mission is ours. Our mission is to destroy the works of the devil, just like Jesus's message. So the freedom from, um, you know, unwholesomeness and wounds, etc., is a freedom for Jesus. So, and so at that point, then we have some key principles to healing and freedom. The first principle being, since inner healing happens when someone opens their wounded hearts to Jesus, any method is only, ex- basically, you have to have a relationship with the Lord before you believe that he can heal you. And the distinction I made was, you can go to a place you can go to a healing service as an atheist or a non-Christian and be healed physically. But for you to have inner healing, you kind of really have to lean on your relationship with, with Jesus. Actually believe that Jesus can do this, right? So it has to foster our relationship with Jesus, the healer. So you're saying there's an openness and a faith component that's really necessary for this to to be successful for this to begin to work. It's not a one step thing. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a continual thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's important that, you know, you know, it's some models of, of inner healing rely on counselors, prophetic or healing gifting. But uh, the, the, the approach that encounter ministries use the one that we're teaching, it relies more on the ability of the person receiving prayer to hear the voice of Jesus right? So that it's a person-focused method, not a method-focused method, right? Why? Because in the end, it's all about greater relationship and intimacy 
with the lover of our souls, right? Right. So, right. and there are many methods. I mean, if you've been around for a while, you've, you may have seen, you know, inner healing. You may have seen unbound. You may have found various forms of deliverance prayer. You may be into the healing, the generational healing. You may be, I mean, you know, there's so many um, that I want to highlight. There's one specific book called Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. S-C-H-U-C-H-T-S, I think, Schutz, Bob Schutz. It's called Healing. You can get it on Amazon or other places. And it really kind of it unpacks this idea of inner healing um, very clearly. It's not a very big book, but it's got some diagrams and some pictures that I think kind of really show you the, um, the um, you know, the effect of wounds and wounding in our lives. And a couple places he's got some diagrams of if our life is a tree, it shows the roots at the bottom, and then it shows the fruit of you know, the wounds uh, or even the good stuff, you know, if we give, if we have good fruit, it's because if there are roots, we're soaking up good stuff. But if we had bad roots, then obviously the fruit isn't going to be what it's supposed to be. Right. Does that make sense? I really like his, his uh, picture of the tree with the roots and the fruits and all that stuff. So um, an example he gives here is um, anger. The root of sin is uh, self-reliance. So, for example, if one of the roots of sin in your life is self-reliance because in the past you've been wounded and you want to just rely on yourself and you don't trust anybody else, then the deadly sin that's in the that's given in the tree of your life is going to be anger. And if you look at the leaves of the fruit, you're going to have hidden anger and expressed anger. These all come from, from independence, which also derives, of course, from woundedness, right? You don't trust because where does self-reliance come from really in the spiritual life? It comes from, I'm going to do it. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself, right? Yes. So, but that doesn't apply in the kingdom of God because you cannot heal yourself. All you can do is, is cooperate with what Jesus says and does, right? So that if you don't, you're going to have these forms of anger in your life. You're going to have hidden anger, hidden anger, which can express itself as self-righteousness, as judgment, as bitterness, resentment, depression, suicide sickness or disease that's hidden anger and that's a fruit of the ungodly self-reliance that starts at the roots of the tree right and then you can have expressed anger we all know people who are you know verbally and physically abusive who ins insult and slander and rage and violence and retaliation and mur gossip and murder you know i mean that's just an example out of bob shoot's book be healed of how we can have uh, rotten roots or things at the root of our tree that are expressing these fruits that we don't even know where they come from. You know, how many people do you know who you're like, well, what, what's with them? Exactly. And you know, I heard a little bit of his testimony and he did not grow up with an ideal life. I mean, his parents divorced, which was completely unexpected. And so, you know, he can identify with many of us with the trials and tribulations that you go through growing up in your own particular family situation. Mm -hmm. And that's encouraging because it's, he, you know, I felt like that he really has empathy for all of this and he can identify it because he's been there, you know? And I think that's really important. That's right. That's right. So the principle number two is inner healing often requires to confront that you do have pain. And, in, and because of that, inner healing can take time. 
you know, the worst, a therapist will tell you, or a psychiatrist, that the worst patient is the one who does not acknowledge that there's a problem, right? That they do need to be healed. Which, which is most of us go around doing that. I mean, let's right. be honest. Who says to the world, well, it's your fault that I'm this way, you know? It's not my fault. It's your fault. You know, that kind of thing. I'm a product of my environment. So exactly. I'm just going to stay plain and not do anything. And instead, in order to be healed, it, to have the inner healing that God wants us to have, we need to confront emotional pain. We just cannot be impatient. It just It's a work in progress. Right? Right. And I thought that I think it's important to confront pain and lies and to understand that they're lies. Because a lot of people will uh, at least approach me and they have all this narrative, you know. Well, this is the way I am, and this is what happened in the past, and this is why, and it, and it may also be a cogent analysis of you know what's going on, but unless you introduce the Holy Spirit and and Jesus as saving power within those wounds, they're never going to be healed. It doesn't matter how much medication you take; it doesn't take matter how much therapy you take. It might help you cope better, but Jesus wants us to be healed, and Jesus did not come so we could cope. Exactly. And he's the one that provides the healing. That's why you have to be open and have faith. You have to allow him to come in and work mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, and a big part, the third principle is, a big part of inner healing is being open to forgive. Because the people who are the most bound up are the ones who are impervious to inner healing because they have not forgiven. Because they're bound up in bitterness, resentment, you know, unforgiveness, you know. It and a point that's, that you made and others have made is that in order to forgive, it's not a feeling. It is from your mind you are going to forgive them. It's through, you know, it's a decision that you make. <clears throat> it's not a feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's it's really an important. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's not, you can't go ahead and wait to feel forgiving because that'll never happen. It's not going to happen. You're not going to forget it either. You know, yeah. because you forgive someone doesn't mean that that, Memory is not there, but you That's can right. forgive the person. So unforgiveness is basically the same thing to closing our hearts to God. You know, so we need to remember that there are uh, several lies that lock our hearts into resentment and into unforgiveness. And we're going to talk about those in the next show. Thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.